Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, God's Love for Us. And in this particular series, I'm doing a couple more series on the love of God, different perspectives than I've covered here. Uh, this is the last lesson. This is lesson 18 of the series, God's Love for Us. And of course, he saved the best for last from uh, a knowing him and fellowshipping with him basis. Uh, the title of this lesson is, Biblical Prayer is the Purest Expression of Loving God. Now, uh, the, the next series on love and the one after that, and I've got the notes on both of those, uh, they're, they're very, very important. But ultimately, the most important expression of my, and the purest expression of my relationship with God and my loving God is biblical apostolic prayer. There's a lot of prayer that's prayed that's nothing but religious verbiage. Jesus, Jesus said that. Jesus said it. The apostles said it. it we, it's called prayer, but it's not really prayer. We call it prayer. It's done out of obligation. It's done out of discipline, self-discipline. And I won't go into that. You've heard me teach, teach about that before. But biblical prayer is, it flows out of an intimate personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to talk about it a little bit here, and I, I've got a feeling this lesson may go a few ticks past 30 minutes, but uh, I'm going to try my best to obey God and let him flow and not add to or take away from whatever it is he's wanting to say. Uh, so and I've got, a, I've got a, some a set of notes here that has got a little bit more writing in it than I have used in this series, and, and I've, I'm going to read it. I feel to read it, so I'm going to do that. And so uh, stay with me, and as the Holy Ghost flows, we will, uh, we will come in and out of whatever this is that's been written here, because what I wrote down here, he gave to me in the first place. Okay? Prayer is the privilege granted to finite humans to communicate and participate supernaturally with the infinite I am God. Whoa, that's a mouthful, isn't it? And that is absolutely the truth. I'm going to read that one again. Prayer is the privilege granted to finite beings, finite humans, to communicate and participate supernaturally with the infinite I am God, the one that is outside of the universe. He not only fills the universe, but he's outside of the universe. And this speck of dust made out of clay uh, is granted the privilege to be able to communicate in fellowship with the I am infinite God and also to participate supernaturally as his conduit for what he wants to do and say through me, it's just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Prayer is the greatest honor and privilege that the love of God has offered to mankind. 
the opportunity to communicate directly with God, not have to go through an intermediary, intermediary, and also to be an instrument of God, the conduit of God. That is just beyond comprehension. It's amazing. Prayer is the most critical and important element of the plan and purpose of God during this era of pre-eternal life, which concludes with the great white throne judgment. We won't call it prayer in eternity. <laughs> it's just communication. You see, it's impossible to have a relationship with someone you don't talk to and who doesn't talk back to you. It's impossible to have a relationship without two-way communication. And people that pray that never give God time to talk or don't even believe and expect him to talk to them, they're not praying because biblical prayer is two-way communication. You can't have a relationship with anybody, especially somebody you love, if you don't talk to them and they don't and or they don't talk back to you. Jeremiah just uh Jeremiah two, I think it's verse thirty one. It's got one of the most gut-wrenching verses in it in the whole Bible. The Lord says, My people have forgotten me days without number. Now, he's, okay, he's the big God. He's God. Okay. But we're made in the image of God. If somebody's ignoring us, it hurts. You know why? Because he created us to feel something similar, much smaller, but something similar to what he would feel and does feel in the same circumstances. That's why you feel it. Because he feels it and he put that in you so you can understand to some small degree how he feels. So prayer is the most critical and important element of the plan and purpose of God during this pre-eternal life, which concludes at the great white throne judgment. Biblically, God's motive for creation was and is love. I've already taught that to a degree in this series, but I, here it is again. He wanted to fully manifest himself as love. In order to do that, he had to create a being with the power of choice, a being that could freely choose to both receive God's love uh, and to freely return that love to him. And he did that. And his whole motive for all of this was love. He had no other motive but love. None. Now, does he get glory out of loving? Yes. Do we give him glory because he loves? Yes. But his motive wasn't first and foremost glory. His motive was first and foremost love. Love. He could get himself glory with power. He can get himself glory with authority. But his motive wasn't just getting glory. His motive was to love and to be loved. Again, for love to be biblical, love that God both recognizes and receives from us, it must be the product of the choice of our free will. We must choose to love God His way. 
Everybody's got an opinion of what love is. Well, God does too. And guess what? His is the only one that matters. And if I want to love him, to be loved by him and love him, I've got to see it as he originated it because he is love and respond to him and his love his way. Otherwise, I'm not love. The essence of man and manifestation of love is communication. As I've already said, I'm, saying, I'm reading it again. Two-way communication between God and us. That's called prayer. Prayer. And since prayer is communication, the, the religious idea that I have to be on my knees or be on my face for it to be counted as prayer is not biblical. I could talk to my wife riding down the street. I could talk to my wife across the room. I can talk to my wife with us laying in the bed before we go to sleep at night or when we wake up. I can talk to my wife anytime in a place where we both are. And now with technology, I can talk to her when I'm not in her presence. Well, let me tell you something right now. Communication with God, prayer, I can be in communication to him and with him all the time. Why? Well, first of all, he expects it. He said that we are to pray without ceasing. And if I've got to be on my knees with around nobody else, saying religious words for it to be counted as prayer, and I'm supposed to pray without ceasing, you tell me how you or I or anybody can do that. We can't. He never intended for it to be like that. He wants us to be in fellowship with communication with him consciously and subconsciously all day long throughout the day. What if what powers that? His motive behind wanting that is love. And if we receive his love, that love in us will cause us to want to do that both spiritually and biblically, in regards to God and our personal relationship with Him, this communication is called prayer. The first and foremost purpose of prayer is the communication of our spiritual love for and relationship with the infinite I Am God, also known to us as the Father. And since the Father gave His name to the Son, (laughs) it is Jesus, right? The second purpose of prayer is to enable God to exercise his will and authority in the spiritual atmosphere of the earth through us as his conduits. So biblical prayer always has two focuses, two purposes. Well, aren't there others? No. No, there aren't. The one focus, which is my communication with him and his communication with me, or his communication with me and mine with him, every bit of communication with him, no matter what it is, uh, praise, thanksgiving, uh, prayer, supplication, petitioning, all of that uh, is my relationship with him. No matter how that's expressed, it's all my relationship with him. The second purpose of prayer is for me to have such a relationship with him 
uh, by his grace, through his love, that I am submitted to him so that he can then use me as his conduit for him to pray in the earth, the things he wants to pray. And this right here is the difference between religious prayer and relationship praying. In religious prayer, I got all this stuff I want to tell God, I want Him to do, change, fix, or if I don't have any needs right now, because so many people have only a need-based prayer life, I'm just fulfilling my obligation to put in some time and, and you know, okay, I prayed today. What happened? What do you mean what happened? I prayed. Uh, what do you mean uh, you prayed? Well, I started this time and I said words and I, uh, I, I direct, I dir- directed him at God and I finished it this time. I prayed today. That's religious prayer. But biblical prayer, the prayer that the love of God produces in us is a communication and a connection with God that goes on all day long. Consciously and subconsciously. You know how, you know how much easier it is to not sin when I'm in communication with God all the time? And I know immediately when a thought has kind of hindered that fellowship a little bit. And that if I pursue in that thought and entertain that thought, that fellowship begins to break and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. Stop that. I want this communication and connection to always be there. So it's very important for me to maintain that connection so that I can have that communication, that communion, and then be that conduit God wants me to be, that he planned for me to be. So he can pray through me both for the things he wants me to pray for in my language and according to Romans 8, 26 and 27, He can help my infirmity because I don't know the will of God on everything and I don't know what to ask God for and I don't want to just go telling him what to do. I want to know what he wants to pray for. What does he want to speak into the atmosphere of this world, this earth, through me as a conduit? And I, according to Romans 8, 26, 27, he can do that through me by the Spirit, even though I don't know what I'm praying. I want him to be able to pray that. I want him to be able to pray those things. While while worship is very important and necessary, it is not an act of love specifically. The angels worship God. Yet not one time does the Bible state either that God loves the angels or the angels love God. Worship is an act of submission and obedience. Both in the Hebrew and the Greek, the word translated, the Hebrew word and the Greek word translated love, both have the same basic meaning, and that is to prostrate oneself. That's worship. Well, what does that mean? Uh, whenever a subject or anybody came in before a king, they would prostrate themselves on the floor before the king, laying down on their their, their belly with their arms stretched out over their head. Why? Because when I worship or prostrate myself, I'm saying to that king, I have completely submitted myself to you. 
I am not able to defend myself against anything you want to do or say in this position. That is worship. Oh, I know that's not our concept of worship because we have merged two things, praise and worship, and made them synonyms, and they're not synonyms at all. They're not. The angels of heaven are in attitude and action prostrate before God. They worship God. They praise God. And let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. You don't even have to be saved to praise God. You can praise God just because you're breathing. That's all it takes. Breathing. If you're breathing, you praise God. That's it. Just breathe. You can praise God. You can be living like the devil himself, but you can praise God if you've got breath. Now, that's not worship. Because a person can praise God without at all being submitted or prostrate to him. That's why I'm saying I can, I can prostrate myself before God out of fear. I can praise God out of obligation. I can praise God. You know, the rankest of sinner can walk in a building and sing a song with us in praise and God hears it because his desire is for them to come into his presence with singing and once they get into his presence for them to let his presence begin to work on them and talk to them and his presence his spirit is his love and the whole the goal is for the love of God to begin to work in their lives and so praise and worship is not an act of love it can be but it doesn't have to be and it's not automatically that so therefore by this scriptural definition is it it is possible to faithfully attend church services pay one's tithes live a separated life etc obey the pastor and not love god it's possible to do all of that and not love god again it is possible to obey god without biblically loving him. It's possible to uh, uh, <laughs> to do all of those things and not even pray. And a lot of people, the only praying they do, such as it is, is in church because they don't know God. Now, whether or not they are saved at that moment, I don't know their hearts and I don't know where God is at with them. And I wouldn't want to be them if they died right then. Let's just put it that way. I would not want to gamble my eternity on having a relationship with God that the only time I pray is in church. I wouldn't want to gamble my my eternity on that. One more time. It is possible to both praise and worship God act without actually loving Him. If we love Him, we will, con- we will consider that it is impossible to fully live life without loving Him through prayer. Why? Because true biblical spiritual prayer is the pure, purest and truest expression of our love towards God. Absolutely. 
So the question is this. Do we pray as the priority of our day? Do we make prayer the most important initial part of our day so that we can get connected with God after we get up and we don't start our day without prayer so that we can be connected and can communion with God all day and you, we can talk to him and he's talking to us and talking through us all day. We do if we love God. Is prayer the priority of your day? It is if you love God. If it's not, yeah, if it's not. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22 says, If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. Now again, this is love according to God's definition of it, not your opinion of it. And we're going to be judged by his opinion of our love or lack of it rather than our opinion of it. The New King James Version reads this way. 1 Corinthians 16, 22, if anyone does not love the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. The Lord comes. Now, I'm going to say to you that while I believe with all of my heart that it's important for the body of Christ to gather together and worship together and pray together and to have teaching and receive teaching and preaching and training and all of that, and to love one another, spend time with one another. I believe all that. I believe it's the word of God for us to pay our tithes. I believe we're supposed to do that. And I believe it's the word of God for us to live a separated life. And I believe it's the word of God for us to obey the authority that is leading uh, the body of Christ in Jesus' name. Okay? I don't believe that authority has a right to run your personal life except in reminding you what the word of God says about this or that. But the, that authority doesn't have the right to make your personal decisions for you. Unless those decisions are outside of the word of God, not outside of the opinion of that authority. But, <laughs> while all of that is biblical, every bit of that's biblical, none of that is a substitute for not having a relationship with God, therefore with the love of God, and the most important expression of that is prayer. And if I don't have a prayer life or a, I prefer to say a life of prayer, because the phrase prayer life is used too much to refer to people that have a prayer time. They put in their prayer time and when they're done praying, it's, they can go, they go about their day. They, they're, they're done talking to God. And if whatever he was going to say, he had to have said it during that time because they're done. They're out of there. I prefer the phrase, a life of prayer. Because I don't want any part of my day without God. And I don't want any part of my day without the love of God. And I don't want any part of my day without, therefore, communi communication with God. And that's prayer. Again, prayer is the privilege granted to the finite to communicate and participate with the infinite God. Prayer is the most critical and important element of the plan and purpose of God during this era of pre-eternal life, which ends at the great white throne judgment. I stated all this above. Now I'll say again, God's motive for creation was love. 
For love to be love, it must be the choice of free will. The essence and manifestation of love is communication. The first and foremost purpose of prayer is communication of our spiritual love for and relationship with the infinite I am God. Now, this particular approach right now and this kind of calm, just reading a little bit, and it's obvious I'm reading and I don't want to pretend to be doing anything else but reading when I'm reading. Uh, The purpose of that is I'm not trying to not trying to intimidate you, not trying to manipulate you, not trying to uh, guilt trip you, none of that. I'm just trying to be a conduit so that the Jesus can say to you, he longs to talk to you and for you to talk to him. And he longs for that connection to exist and be there all the time. He longs for that. He longs for that. While worship is very important and necessary, again, it is not an act of love. Therefore, therefore, prayer as the priority of the church must supersede any priority of worship and praise. In fact, I'd like to ask you a question. Just how much value do you think God puts on people who claim to be saved how much value do you think he puts on their praise and what they think is worship if they are prayerless and what would you think about a preacher that preached who was prayerless or musicians and singers leading you in praise and maybe worship who are prayerless. Is that okay with you? But it's not okay for anybody who is in Christ and Christ is in them, who is representative of Christ and is a conduit for Christ to be prayerless. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. It's sin. Jesus said, my people, or the spirit of Jesus in the Old Testament, the spirit of God, said through the prophet Jeremiah, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they've hewed themselves out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. We Pentecostals are very focused on being containers we got filled with the holy ghost and the word fill connotates a container that can be filled to capacity and so during our week we our what we're contained or filled with begins to diminish and so we come to church and our whole focus is to get it refilled get it refilled the ones that really are trying That's what their focus is, is to get refilled. And so their life is a cycle of getting filled and then life taking some of that out and coming back to church and get refilled. You know how much pressure that puts on a preacher? 
to have the great service every time in the message because his fear is if this isn't so great that it motivates you to get refilled that you're going to be even less full than you came in full, empty or partially empty. And eventually you're not going to make it without those services being great because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Whatever relationship with Jesus. Now, God's goal is not for us to be a conduit or a container, excuse me. You know what makes a container a container? The bottom. The bottom limits the container and determines how much that container can hold. You know what that bottom is? Me. You. You are the bottom in your container. I'm in the bottom in my container. And the only way I can go from being a container to a conduit that can have an unlimited amount of God is I've got to, that me, I've got to be taken out of the picture. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh and the, the, the ministry and all of that is the flow of the faith of the Son of God through me. It's not my faith, it's the Son of God's faith that flows through me because now he lives in me and the life that I'm now living is him living in me and now the ministry, all everything that flows out of me comes out by his faith, not my faith. That's being an apostolic conduit. And I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody, but Pentecostals, Admit they're only containers because their whole focus is to try to get filled up and filled up and filled up and filled up. Refill, refill, refill. But apostolics have come to the understanding that that bottom, me, that limits God and prevents him from doing only a certain specified amount through me or with me. That has to be removed so that God can be fully in charge of what he flows through me, when he flows it, uh, how, mu- how much he flows, etc. And that I don't have anything to do but just be a conduit and let him flow. Being a container is being Pentecostal. Being a conduit is being apostolic. Now, the problem is this. When you got a container and it's filled with liquid and you pour more liquid into a container once it's full, the reason it overflows is because that additional liquid that is more than the, the uh, capacity of the container creates pressure and turbulence and therefore the overflow is a product of pressure. Because the resistance of the bottom limits the quantity or the capacity and creates pressure. That's why a lot of what Pentecostals do seems to be so, 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 because of that pressure. And then some people decide they don't like that. So they don't ever let the flow go very, or the filling go beyond just a certain spot because they don't want that losing control. Now, I'm not saying that God can't manifest himself on a conduit and shake and quake that conduit. 
but it's not a product of pressure. It's a product of God's power. A lot of what Pentecostals do isn't a product of power. It's a product of the pressure that comes because they seek for more of Jesus and he fills them to overflowing and that creates pressure. And it uh, doesn't accomplish a lot most of the time. It's a demonstration, but it doesn't accomplish a lot. But a flow of the Spirit and the love of God through us where there's no resistance, there's no me that creates the limit and makes that conduit into a container and, and, and makes it have a finite amount of God it can, can be had. When, the fi- when, when God, the infinite one, is limited by the capacity, that makes him finite in me. But when there's no resistance from a bottom, a limiter, then the infinite God can be just as infinite or unlimited through me as he chooses. This is the prayer that's God's goal for everybody. This is biblical prayer. This is the concept of biblical prayer. This is the concept. So the question is then, do you just want to be a container or do you want to be a conduit? If you if God loves you and you've, you've received that love and you love God, you're never going to be satisfied as a container. Never. You'll never be satisfied as a container. And one of the purest expressions of the flow of God through his conduits and most critical expression of that flow is prayer. And if there is no flow through me in prayer, how can God or I or anyone trust what is flowing through me if I am prayerless? Because eventually prayerlessness puts the contain the, the, the bottom on the container again, puts that limiter there because I'm, I'm now living in my will. The greatest and most important expression of submission to the will of God is biblical apostolic prayer. Prayer like the apostles prayed. I have a whole series I taught on how to pray like the apostles. And this is all in there. Then I have a series on kingdom praying. And then I have a series on uh, praying in the spirit. All of these are just simply teaching this principle I've just covered here right now. All of it. And I pray that this particular series on God's love for us has been a blessing to you. And I pray that it has helped you and blessed you as much as it's helped and blessed me. The Lord has taught and he has explained things to you. And I was getting the benefit of it because I didn't understand it till he spoke it. And I just began to speak it. And I'm going, whoa, yeah, praise God. That's awesome. And so I've been greatly blessed by what he's taught me while he was teaching you, which is exactly the way apostolic ministry is supposed to work. Because Jesus said, whatever the Father tells me to say or instructs me to say, I say that. Whatever the Father tells me to do, that's what I do. Because he said, the works that I do, including the words he says, 
It's the Father in me doing the works and saying the words. It's not me. He said the Son can do nothing of himself. If the man Christ Jesus couldn't do any of this himself, and it had to be the Father in him doing it and praying it and saying it, then less than that is okay with you or me? Less than that's okay with God for us? Never. Never. So I'm going to close with this statement. Do you and I pray as prayer being the priority of our day? We do. If we have received God's love and are loving him back with his love. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I speak the spirit of grace and mercy from God upon you and I, that we would let the word and the spirit of God, by the grace of God, love of God, mercy of God, work these things out in us and bring us into alignment with his word, his spirit, which is his love at work in us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God bless you. Amen.